Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, what's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at them, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, it's go time. It is right around the corner for playoffs. The moves you make right now, unless you are pretty much already in the playoffs, are going to determine whether or not you make it. So we're going to make sure that we give you all the info you need to be as productive as possible this week. We know for a lot of us in many leagues, our lives are on the line these next couple of weeks. So, hey, let's make sure we deep dive and do what we got to do to make it on through. We got you your news and notes rapid fire 10 and your week 13 preview join us on facebook at the fantasy football feed family facebook group we will be going live at noon on sunday to make sure we get you your start sits your dfs whatever questions you may have uh fantasy related all that kind of good stuff make sure you join us there you'll definitely enjoy that if you're trying to get any information to us fantasy football fiend at gmail that's fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n at gmail for promos and advertising now let's go right ahead and hop into your news and now your fantasy news all right so let's start out with our quarterbacks Matthew Stafford is unlikely to play in week 13, and it's been said that between the concussions that he had in consecutive weeks and a neck injury that he's dealing with, it's possible that he might not play the rest of the year, but he is considered to be week to week right now. Do you guys feel like he may just hang it up for the season, or if he's healthy enough to play, he will play? I think the best decision will be to hang hang it up, especially if there's nothing to play for. I mean, most competitors... Players, they want to be out there on the field. It's probably going to be one of those things where it's player versus organization. To me, it makes more sense just to you know, let him be out. His best target will probably be out to, what, week 16, 17, if possibly. That doesn't make sense to bring him back. So Aaron Donald down, he won't play this week. I just saw um, that too, yeah. Allen Robinson, he's out for the season. So it's like, come on, at this point, like, what are we doing? You, got, you have no draft picks, really. I mean, just tuck it and try it again next year. Aaron Rodgers should practice later on this week. He hasn't as of yet, but he's dealing with a rib and thumb issue. Basically, what he said on the Pat McAfee podcast is that as long as they're not mathematically eliminated, that he'll continue to go. So basically, what he was indicating is that if they lose this week, he's done for the season. And it would be, quote unquote, the perfect timing because they would be going into the bye. 
knowing that coming out of the bye, Jordan Love is going to be the one to continue the season. So that's going to be very intriguing to see how Green Bay decides to play this, especially if they lose this week. I know Rodgers don't want to miss this game. Feeling that oh, he, he definitely like, don't want to miss this game. <laughs> yeah, he's playing against Chicago. So, you know, he want to definitely beat them before he does exit. If so, I think that's what it really boils down to. He probably just want to be present for this game. Uh, I think it's week one. First time they play, he told him, I own you. I still own y'all. You know what I mean? So he don't want to miss right. the game. But like you said, I think it'd be definitely the best decision to have the bye week, let Jordan Love play, you know, and then, you know, let him go out and finish it up. Justin Fields begins the week with limited practice. The fact that he's practicing on Wednesday definitely bodes well for the young guy. The thing that's going to be in question is, is it going to be one of those pain tolerance issues where he could go out there and then he gets hit one time in the first quarter and then you got a guy that won't make it through the game? Or is it one of those things that if he's out there, he's going to be good to go. They're probably going to shoot up that shoulder and he won't be able to feel anything going on until, you know, sometime later on that night. That kind of scares me as far as the prognosis for Justin Fields this week. Something like that we talk about possibly torn ligaments and things of that nature. Y'all don't have nothing really to play for in a rebuilding year. I think honestly just rest them up. No more Mooney. I mean Claypool went off, but other than him, it's nobody that's a fair target on their offense. And Cole Commit died down. Cam Akers came down with some type of an illness that kept him out of Wednesday's practice. We'll have to see what that does for the rest of the week. But as of right now, Kyron Williams looks like he has kind of taken over that backfield anyway. Um, He had 70% of the work in comparison to Akers 30% as far as snap share was concerned. So that was pretty telling as far as the direction that the team is going there. The hero of the week for most teams, Josh, J- I won't say most teams, but for a lot of teams, Josh Jacobs, he is still dealing with the calf injury, but he did get in a limited practice. And the fact that he got in anything on a Wednesday kind of points towards him not having any issues on Sunday as far as being able to get into the game. A.J. Dillon came up with a quad injury. He was limited there. Travis Etienne is still dealing with the foot injury. He was limited um, in practice on Wednesday, but his coach indicated that he shouldn't have any issues with going this week. Do we have any comfortability as far as ETN is concerned, or do we want to give him a week to kind of show that he's he is actually back, or as long as he starts, we put him in? Nah, you better play this dude. He got Detroit. That's, okay. that's all I'm, I'm going to say. They say he was good enough <laughs> to re-enter the game last Sunday. Day, but they just kept him out, you know, for a precautionary reason. So most definitely, man, play this dude with, with confidence this week. Now, Damian Harris has been ruled out. So that's going to lend itself to Stevenson having an even more dominant role, even in comparison to what he's had in previous weeks. Although th- Thursday night games can kind of be lower scoring, based on the fact that he's going to be the team's leading rusher as well as get the most targets is has been the pattern as of late. I think you got to kind of like his prognosis this week, just in general, or any fantasy player that gets that much volume on both sides. I agree with you. This isn't the Bills. The Bills defense isn't as scary as before. I don't think Tom Miller will be present as well. He won't. Uh, he said he's going to try to get back next week. Well, so that's really a big difference. So I definitely think you should Hell play yeah. uh, see some confidence for sure. 
Najee Harris mispracticed with an oblique injury. He added to the injury that he was already having with his foot. It's going to be interesting to see if he goes. Luckily for Pittsburgh, Jalen Warren, who was on the men last week, it looks like he's going to be ready to go, being cleared from his hamstring injury of the previous week. So Pittsburgh will have their complement of running back. Snell actually did pretty decent when Harris got hurt. They'll be able to deploy their normal system there, regardless of which one goes, it looks like. Barry, I want to ask you about Christian McCaffrey. He, he's dealing with some type of knee injury. He isn't practicing today, but um, the head coach said he's hopeful that the running back will play on Sunday. Hopeful is one of those trigger words for me as it pertains to fantasy. <laughs> I'm concerned about Christian McCaffrey because I don't think they necessarily need him to win right now. And when you say words like hopeful, versus should or most likely will or am i reading too much into it or mccaffrey should get his full compliment this sunday i agree with you when you say things like hopeful i mean i'm not i'm not really a you know this whole missing wednesday practice doesn't really mean much to me i want to see if you miss thursday practice and maybe friday but uh hey yeah i mean what is a full compliment i mean it's not like mccaffrey been playing True. you know a whole lot of snaps so i mean he only had a 11 carries last week and the week before that has seven carries so what's a full compliment you know elijah mitchell's down so even if he play it still be some type of uh committee in a way i think he's not going so to are we eight. looking for um what's the guy uh, mason, mason. That's his first name are yeah. we looking for mason to have an increased role and have uh fantasy value uh, going think, forward yeah i think i think mason could definitely have an increased role i mean don't be surprised if the kid uh davis price he was a healthy scratch last week, so he'll probably be you know active this week to activate him. So well, be, yeah, he'll definitely be active. He definitely probably you know can get in there as well. So it could very well be a committee, uh, maybe even ride the hot hand. So if Mason doesn't come out and, and farewell his first couple of touches, they can very well move the price. J.K. Dobbins is returning to practice. I am definitely tempering my expectations as far as jk is concerned um although he is returning to practice I, I i honestly don't think that he'll have a significant role most likely for several weeks if they do make the playoffs they'll probably try to gear him up for that outside of that i, I really don't think fantasy wise that you should attempt to depend on jk antonio gibson is bothered by a foot injury um, he was limited at practice, but he was at practice again on a Wednesday, so that does bode well. But that is something to monitor because those foot injuries can kind of flare up and go from something to nothing real quick. Joe Mixon is expected to be a go after he had a concussion and missed uh, last week. We got Jared McKinnon dealing with the hamstring injury, so this may be, you know, Full sales, you know, full speed ahead as far as Isaiah Pacheco is concerned because CEH is done. I mean, they, they did pick up um, Melvin Gordon, so he may come off the streets into a predominant role just based on he may be the only, you know, other running back available if McKinnon can't go outside of Pacheco. Um, with that being said, how do you guys feel about Melvin Gordon in this offense? Does he possibly become the best running back that they have now or are they still going to ride pacheco i mean gordon when he's not fumbling is normally a pretty good running back actually so what's kansas city doing here no i don't think gordon is going to be i mean if anything look out for ronald jones he hasn't played all year he has fresh legs 
He played a little bit for the first time last week against the Rams, had four carries, even caught a ball for 22 yards. Uh, I could very well see him as well getting a little more tick now. I'm not looking for Melvin Gordon to come in and do much anything. Right? I mean, a fumbling problem doesn't really change because you switch teams. That's so you one think thing. Gordon will be the third string guy and Isaiah the first followed by Ronald Jones? Is that I think Gordon will be what Le'Veon Bill was to the Chiefs. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so, do with that what you will. <laughs> we got Mo Start, who is trending towards returning on Sunday. Michael Carter set out of practice, but his coach said that he's day-to-day, and it's looking like he may be able to give it a go. We were looking at um, Zonovan Knight as a possible tail end of the bench type of a guy if Carter was going to be out for any length of time. But what it looks like is going to happen now based on Knight's performance is none of the Jets running backs are going to be usable because they're going to be in a timeshare between Carter, Knight, and Johnson. And that's not even to mention the fact of um, Robinson, James Robinson. So who knows? Ty Johnson would probably be the odd man out as long as Robinson still isn't on the hot seat for whatever reason. You know, he got healthy scratched last week, but it's like they have three running backs. And anytime there's three or more, you kind of don't want to get involved with any of them or am I giving more credit to a couple of those guys than I should? Oh, no, I definitely agree with that, man. Yeah. I'm just curious about what's going on with James Robinson. Is he like what I was asking the same thing last week? Yeah, like, like, what kind of is it? I mean, being a healthy scratch, and I mean, like, kind of confused about that. This is in house, so it can't be too bad. That will probably, you know, I really want to see the answer to that. Let's see what it is with that. Um, in, in this situation, I, I probably wouldn't be a fan of anybody in this backfield, to be honest with you, unless one dude ends up coming to the forefront. I mean, if you got Knight, cool. Carter's down, then yeah, go with Knight. But other than that, uh, I probably wouldn't. Nah. Moving on to wide receivers, Mike Williams still is in practice. Palmer should still be a thing. I'm not exactly sure what we'll see out of DeAndre Carter. He was able to hold serve this week as well, even though Keenan Allen was back. Uh, but again, Mike Williams still isn't practicing. So the odds of you having confidence in starting him as far as fantasy is concerned over the next you know, two, three weeks is probably going to be kind of low even if he does come back the last time he came back game one you know he first quarter done do what you will with that Romeo Dobbs looks like he's going to be coming back to Green Bay he did get into the limited practice on Wednesday so looks like Green Bay may have their full complement of wide receivers going into a must-win game Michael Gallup has an illness not exactly sure how deep this goes but anytime there's illnesses involved you kind of you know don't know how each individual may react or the recovery time or you know if they you know lost weight or if they you know dehydrated whatever the case may be so that's just kind of something to look for if you are one that's dependent on michael gallup now jamar chase he's practicing that they said that they kind of kept him out last week just as a precaution do we have any reserve as far as chase is concerned going up against the chiefs this week hell no you better play him fire him, fire him. <laughs> yes all the way just like any other week and you look at him as 100 percent healthy uh he says he's ready to go I think I think could have went last week. But I think they want to give an additional week. Yeah, make make sure everything is you know a a one. So yeah, he and you know what he usually do to the Chiefs. He usually right. have a field day. So I'm I'm confident that he'll go out there and, and just beat Jamar Chase. Devonta Smith is uh, tending to a groin issue. 
those growing issues can be a little tricky. So we'll definitely want to pay attention to what's going on there. I did see something with Goddard where they were talking about he may be ready to come back like week 15. Um, he has the harness off of his shoulder. You know, the Eagles are dealing with a couple of injuries there. Hunter Winfro is uncertain for week 14. He's still dealing with that oblique injury. Um, he's getting close, but it's still not known for sure. And he hasn't had the best season or hell the team hasn't had the best season in general this year. So uh, you might want to keep an eye there. I know Zay Jones has been a pivot for a lot of people. He was limited with the chest injury. There's not an indication that he's, uh, you know, in any doubt for the week. Again, just something to monitor because I know a lot of people kind of pivoted to Zay Jones with bye weeks and injuries and things of that nature. Debo. Now this one, it, whenever I see Debo's name and injury, it always concerns me, but he's dealing with a quad issue. He already had the uh, hamstring issue over the last couple of weeks, and he appeared to aggravate that injury in the third quarter of this past Sunday against the Saints. So we have a couple of different issues going on with Debo. Are we playing him um, as we normally would, or should we temper our expectations? Because it looks like IU is kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say been the go-to, but he's definitely has been going to quite a bit more than what we've seen previously. How do we feel about Debo, Debo going forward and throughout the rest of the season? Kind of like, you know, a cut between a rock and a hard place. So, because I mean, for guys that drafted Debo, I mean, what's going to be the substitute? Are you going to be okay with playing Pickens over Debo? Um, are you going to be okay with playing uh, maybe even like Isaiah Jones over Debo? I mean, these guys may be better options. So, that's really gonna be what you're going to be faced with. We played in leagues, many of us, and the guys all about playing the bigger name. I think this is one of those situations where you may want to play the better matchup versus the bigger name. I understand it's Debo Samuel, you know what I'm saying? But he hasn't really done a whole lot this year. But one thing I would say, if McCaffrey is out, I would look for Debo probably to run the ball a little more, if that makes sense. So it's kind of one of those things like you have to pick your poison when it comes to it. Me, myself, personally, I may be actually a little more comfortable playing a Christian Watson or playing a, you know, one of these type guys, me personally. Chase Claypool is tending to a knee injury, limited at practice, but again, good sign that he's there on Wednesday. Jacoby Myers, this is questionable for Thursday. He's dealing with a shoulder issue. Now, Myers has been one of those utility guys that you just kind of plug and play, especially if you're dealing with flex and things of that nature. But being that New England has, has the early game of the week, do we think that we would want to pivot away from Myers or the fact that they're going up against a high power offense, we may actually use him a little bit more than we would in other games. Uh, with me personally, man, with Myers, I mean, I get it. You're going to get a high powered offense and it seemed like you get more work, more opportunities, but at the same time, I don't like the quarterback situation that he's in. Like, I don't like New England's offense. Yeah, you may like Myers, but I don't like New England's offense, but Myers hasn't done much in a few weeks. You know what I mean? I think I would go another way. I'd go another way, me personally. I agree with those sentiments. I, it's less about the player, like you said, more so the offense. And then it, it, with their passing offense really running through Stevens, you don't know if Tyquan Thornton is going to come alive. We just saw uh, Devontae Parker catch a few catches, impactful catches at that um, in that game as well, too. So it's just, it's the offense. Until the offense approved, like Vander was saying, I just don't, I wouldn't trust them. Kansas City's going into this week's game against Cincinnati with a couple of guys that they may end up 
up missing. Kadarius Tony still isn't practicing. He had his hamstring issue. Juju Smith Schuster missed practice. Uh, he has some sort of an illness, and I believe he had a hamstring. Was it a hamstring with Juju? I know he has some type of an illness going on right now, and then he know it was a concussion that he had previously. But Kansas City may not be going in with their full complement of guys as far as wide receiver and running back is concerned. We'll get kind of to the prognosis as far as how that may affect them uh, when we talk about the preview, but they definitely have a few injuries that they are dealing with. Moving on to the tight ends, Isaiah likely logged a limited practice, so he should be back this week. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, who caught on earlier in the season and didn't end up having to have eye surgery, but the fact that he is practicing in the eye, you know, it's you either good or you're not. Um, the fact that he's able to practice kind of tells me that he should be good to go. We'll see how that goes. David Njoku is dealing with a knee injury. He didn't practice, but all in, everything indicates that he should be able to go this week. And everybody is kind of aiming to get that offense going with Deshaun Watson having his first week back with the Browns there. Logan Thomas is still dealing with rib issues with the commanders. Kyle Pitts is officially done for the season. He was put out of his misery. That that, that offense just wasn't going. And I'm kind of ready for them to go ahead and put Ritter in the game so they can kind of see what they have. But right now, that entire division is in shambles. So they have quite a high chance of being the biggest loser, I guess, and um, kind of representing in the wild card as far as that divisional winner. Do you guys think that with Pitts going, it's going to be more likely that Mariota continues to be the quarterback there or, you know, losing another offensive piece may be the last straw that kind of breaks that camel's back and he can't really overcome? No, I mean, was Pitts even involved in offense healthy? I mean, He's so take a little bit of the focus off of London, which seemed to be the only person that Mariota liked to pass to. I mean, what, now I mean, what, what focus was he really taking? He wasn't getting no targets. No, he no, what just, I mean is just by being out there, he, man, the, the defense had to focus on him more so than London, the rookie. I don't even think defense is focused on him, man. They right. can get, they can get, they can get LG Crumpler back on the Falcons and let him run out there fighting right now. Like he's just not looking that way. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really think it's a big difference with Pitts on off the field with the way uh, this quarterback was playing. It's, it doesn't help or hurt London any. I mean, the, you even think the, Mariota ends up finishing out the season, or do we think that Ritter's actually going to get in there at some point? I, it's looking that way. I think if you want to get Ritter in there, what's taking so long? It seemed like you would have got him there by now. Yeah, I would agree. Like Mariota's, you know what I'm saying? So why why wait to the injury now to like, oh yeah, let's put Mariota in the game? Uh, they do have a bye week in week 14, so if they go ahead and lose to Pittsburgh, maybe. But if he comes back into the bye week to start it, then hell, there's only a couple games left in the season. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to finish out the season. I think Mariota, the offense is anemic, but he hasn't done anything to lost them a job. I don't want to call him a game manager because he really tries to put up as many points as possible. He's doing the best he can in that system that they got. And that pretty much wraps up your news. Let's go ahead and get into Rapid Fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. There we go, man. Rapid Fire 10. We need quick answers. And these guys want to know, who should I start for the week? Let's get right into it. We got good old Russell Wilson or Bryce Perkins. 
Bryce Perkins. That's bad. That's it is right. Like this should be an automatic answer for Russ, but sheesh, I gotta go with Perkins. We got Mike White or Aaron Rodgers. Mike White. I think I'm gonna go Aaron Rodgers. Those two questions, man. Who think these will be guys that people really be considering? Right, right? Russell yeah. and Rodgers. Crazy. All right, we got Kareem Hunt or DeAndre Swift. Shit, that's a good one. Um. So, Kareem Hunt's going up against Houston. So, come the fourth quarter, they should kind of be giving him the ball pretty much for the rest of that game. So, I think I'm going to go with Hunt. I think DeAndre, I think, you know, him being spelled with Jamal has been perfect, even though Jamal's walking. No, 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 no. Not spell. Jamal is the number one running back there. Jamal is getting the most snap count. He's getting the most attempts. Jamal is their guy. Jamal got the most touchdowns of any running back in the league right now, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's killing it. But I think think Swift definitely can be getting it done on the field. All right, we got Kyron Williams or Jalen Warren. (sighs) Give me Jalen. Give me Kyron Williams. And I say Kyron Williams because he is the guy, whatever that means to the Rams right now. If Harris is able to go, Jalen Warren might not get very many attempts at all. We got Alvin Kamara or Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. I ranked that up right up there with who would have thought. But damn, Pacheco. (laughs) I know, right? That's crazy. All right, we got Deontay Johnson or George Pickens. George Pickens. I think I'm going to have to go with... Johnson, just slightly. Pickens in the standard league, though. Johnson in half point and full point EPR. Johnson has the most games without a touchdown. I think at, what is that, nine games without a touchdown? I agree. That, I that's why I said. And I want to say he's like, I'm going he's like and the funny thing, I think he's on like top 10 in targets or something crazy. Like he's Exactly. That's why it's in a PPR, I'm going with Johnson. Yeah. But it seems like uh, Pickett and, and and Pickens have more of a, a rapport. So they do. You could tell that they were the ones that were going back and forth with each other. You know, when the starters were out there, when Johnson was out there, you know, with Trubisky in the offseason and everything, Pickens and Pickett were, you know, building their rapport. You can definitely see that on the field now. So we got Drake London or Donovan Peoples Jones. Give me DPJ. I think it's, it's, a, it's a get right game for him. I love Donovan Peoples-Jones against Houston. The thing is, he's going to be a secondary receiver. And I always preach that volume is king in most situations. So I want to follow that same logic. Volume is going to be king. I have to go against DVP. Another one, man. We got Mike White or Deshaun Watson. Now, that's a, that's a good one. Minnesota's defense hasn't been all that daunting as of late, but Watson hasn't played an actual game in almost two years. And he's going against Houston. He's going against Houston, which is the best team you could possibly hope to go against. What is that going to be like for him? As far as the team is concerned, it's the best situation for him to go up against. But as far as that atmosphere is concerned, probably the worst. Does that make sense? I think against Minnesota, I might have to go with Mike White. This is going to be one of those stand in the flames type situation. I think Watson is going to definitely score a touchdown. He could possibly put up two touchdowns, but I'm not going to give him as many yards as I expect as I expect for him to get going forward. I think I'm going to have to go with Mike White. He's going to be passing the ball from the first through the fourth quarter going up against this team. I cannot wait to see the matchup with Jefferson and Sauce. That's going to be nice. We got Tyler Conklin or Foster Monroe. Conklin, you know I love Monroe. And Conklin's a revenge, a revenge game too. It's a revenge yeah, game. Yeah, he is going up against his old team. Yeah, I think I'm still going with Monroe. That offense is definitely tight end friendly, and they're missing a lot of pieces, so he'll get more targets than he would have normally got. And last but not least, we got Brandon Ayuk or Christian Watson. Give me Watson. I. 
I want to go Watson because Chicago's kind of just let people go back and forth as far as putting up points. But man, Ayuk has been on one. Watson been on one too. Yeah, he has. But Dobbs should be back going up against Miami. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think I'm going to have to go with Ayuk on this one. I think he's minimally going to get two or three bombs going up against that team. They're not just going to be able to hold it in the road with the run against Miami. So that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, let's go through these matchups for the week. We are going to start Thursday off with Buffalo versus New England. This is a 43 and a half point over under and New England is getting three and a half points at home, meaning that Vegas is seeing them as about a touchdown dog. What are we like in this? Who we start and who we sit in the DFS play? Oh uh, man, uh, let's go with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I guess with the start, I mean, just by like you know, circumstances, you know, the matchup is not the sweetest, but I think of our circumstances, he'd be able to do well. Of course, you. I mean, I think you just start everybody as you know, you know, as need be. Most of the guys, like you, you feel com- you know confident about as far as like the Allens and the Diggs and those guys like that. A, a good DFS guy, I like I would say uh, Knox. Dawson Knox would be my DFS play in this in this game. How do you feel about Gabe Davis in this game? I know with New England, normally what they try to do is take away your best guy in this situation. Clearly, the best guy is Diggs. Does that free up Gabe a little bit, or is that why you pick Knox as your DFS player? No, I mean, I feel the same way like I feel about Gabe against anybody. He's boom or bust. If anything, I think a guy like that that can see the benefit of that would be like Isaiah McKenzie. Gotcha. Um, not really Gabe Davis. And he special. has lit us up before, too. All right. So I, I think it's more the shorter guys. And I mean, by shorter, I mean the shorter throws. So that's why I say Dotson is a good play. And even McKenzie, I don't think the, the long ball will be in effect in this game. I think it'll be more Allen just throwing the, you know, the little things, let the guys, you know, run after the catch type of thing. So we got Pittsburgh going up against Atlanta. This is a 42 point over under and Atlanta is getting one point at home. Who you like, Joe? It's not really much to write home about. I think, you know, looking at the everybody as far as the entire teams, this leaves a lot to, to be desired. I think Mariota, honestly, if we're looking for a DFS play, I kind of I kind of like him. I think, honestly, like I, said, he did, like I said earlier, he doesn't do a lot to kind of throw the game away. He's been very consistent, in my personal opinion, in what he's been doing. And it's not that he can't pass or anything else. And I kind of like him a lot. Um, in regards to Pickett, I think this, like I said, the matchup really presents itself more so for the Steelers. So I'm starting all my Steelers. I like everybody. And I particularly uh, Warren if Harris is unable to go. I think he just kind of proved, like, he really was taken away. You know, or he already had the second, you know, team on live. But the death chart, I think he could have been poised for something more had he not got hurt. Denver's going to be going up against Baltimore. This is a 38 and a half point over under. Denver is getting eight and a half points. Vegas is looking for Denver to get there behind, send it to him. Who we starting? Who we sitting? DFS. <laughs> Sit Russell. <laughs> you mean Sit Denver? <laughs> yeah, man. Just sit yeah. I mean, but you know what? I mean, you have to play someone, I guess. I mean, the matchup is there as far as the secondary is concerned. Um, Sutton should have a good game, which means seem like Russell should be the first to get it to him, right? But just really not a fan of Russell. You know who I would play DFS possibly? If if you're in a tournament player, I think Hinton could be a guy that could get some garbage time production that'll 
make him well worth his very little cost? Or am I digging too deep? I mean, no, because I mean, the secondary the Ravens are not that good, and someone has to get it. Um, so, it's, 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 you know, I think that's not a bad pick at all. I think temper the expectations on both sides of the ball. I mean, the Ravens' offense is not, you know, spectacular. And with the, the defense of the Broncos, this could actually be a low score. Um, so I'm not really a fan of anybody offensively on the Ravens' side. Uh, of course, you know, Lamar Jackson and Andrews, they do what they do. But I would even temper my expectations on those guys. I'm not a fan of anybody in the, in the backfield as well running the ball, uh, per se. So I think it's going to be one of those low-scoring games, kind of like a Tucker versus um, – What's my kid name? Um, the kicker from the Broncos type of deal. So, uh, what's his name? Uh, Start with M. M. I was yeah. to say, yeah. uh, McManus or something like that. Yeah, some something like that. Something like but, that. Yeah, um, we, we, we all know. So, Joe, I know a, a couple of your guys are in this next matchup with Green Bay versus Chicago. Um, this is a forty-three and a half point over under, and Chicago's getting four and a half points. The fact that it's a four and a half point gap. That kind of lends me to believe that Fields either may not play or they know he's definitely not going to be anywhere close to 100%. Is there anybody that you trust in this one? How are we looking at this matchup? We got to look at, honestly, Green Bay more than anything. Aaron Jones is going to be the first person to come to mind. I mean, he's asked to do it all, especially if with no Dylan. We already talked about Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson is finally catching his groove. I don't think he's ascending quite yet, but I think he's definitely going to be a favorable matchup. He has the size and speed to really, you know, out of everybody in the field to be dynamic. And I think, you know, as far as the DFS play, you kind of can still look to Randall Cobb to attack this offense uh, against Chicago. And as far as Chicago, if Claypool's unable to go, you can't really trust anybody, whether it's Equinemius, Zealous, um, or even uh, Daniel Pettis. I mean, the Pettis as far as the other wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I would just stick to Green Bay side. How do you feel about if Claypool can't go, the next guy that's to kind of go up and get it is going to be Cole Komet. How you feel about Komet? I like Komet. I think, honestly, especially if he gets someone like Peterman to to come into the fold and play, because like it's, it's just a valve. You can just dump it, you know, dip and dunk. And we've seen him, you know, have miraculous catches and anything. He has the pedigree to be a good player. Could he exploit that against Green Bay? I don't know. I like uh, Savage and, and that secondary a little bit more. We got Green Bay going up against Detroit. This one is a 51 and a half point over under, so a whole lot of points are expected. But it is also expected to be a very close game because Detroit is getting one point and they are at home. Vander, I know you got to hit the road, so let us know how you feel about this one, and we'll go ahead and wrap up the rest for us. Man, this is this this going to be one of those high power games. Um, whew, DFS guys, man, it's, a, it's I think it's a, a lot of them in this one. Firstly, Trevor Lawrence, I love Trevor Lawrence in this game. He, he's probably going to finish up there. You know what I'm saying? Christian Kirk, I would attach him in a DFS play as well. If you're going to play one, you play the other. I love ETN in this matchup as well. Hell, you could play the trio. I just think you know Detroit gives up a lot, and I think this team is is geared towards scoring a lot in this matchup. This game is also in uh in Detroit in the dome. A little fast track, you know, if it fares well for a guy like ETN's skill set. Help me out with this one real quick, because you know a lot more about DFS and you probably already know the prices. Who's going to cost you more, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones? Christian Kirk, for sure. Okay, so now the reason why I bring that up is because would it surprise you to know that Zay Jones had 37.8% of the target share in comparison to Christian Kirk's 24.3% this past week. So if Zay Jones is going to cost less, and he has that, I mean, close to 40% of the target share is pretty much the highest 
of I want to say maybe Devontae Adams was you know somewhere in that same general area but mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes that's one of the highest in the league Devontae Adams was at 30.6 right. so yeah th- those are you know the highest now nah, feel about Zay Jones I love Zay Jones I mean he, he's pretty cheap on he's uh, 6400. Kirk is seventy five hundred, so they live hundred dollars apart. But you know, a guy like Kirk is 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 more consistent. You know what I'm saying when it comes to the play. I think if if you're trying to save and get that value, then of course Zay Jones. He's been hot lately. Fourteen targets last week. I think eleven the week before. So I really like him. But think about it on the other side. I'm not saying he's going to do anything, but this is a revenge game for DJ Chark as well. Um, this is true. He hasn't really been doing much this season hasn't really got a lot of targets but you know a lot of times guys go out and play motivated and a lot of times these coaches as you can see they would try their best to get these guys involved and get these guys the ball so they can kind of stick it to the old team that that's possibly you know a play there but as far as jamal williams on the other side he's i think he'll do okay um he's 7500 i wouldn't pay up for a guy like that even though he's you know leading the league in touchdown uh, rushes but the jacksonville defense isn't too bad against the run they're more susceptible to the pass so, Armand St. Brown, you know what it is. Although, I think, you know, this is going to be a really good uh, – it could very well be a high-scoring game for two teams that you don't really think they put up points, but this could be one of those ones where it's back and forth, golf versus uh, Lawrence. Cleveland's going to be going up against Houston. This is a 47-point over-under. Houston is getting seven points. Again, this is Watson's first game back. Joe, how are we feeling about this matchup? Who we starting, who we sitting, what's the DFS play? Oh, yes. I think uh, this is actually <laughs> – I don't know. Like, I, as far as Watson coming back, I'm a little mixed emotions because we've seen him play in the preseason. Maybe because he knew with the income and suspension, like, it was all for naught, so we didn't get a 1,000%. Um, but I love all the Cleveland weapons, obviously, going against Houston. Fire everybody up. I think this is even a good predicament for especially someone like Njoku, uh, who's been playing a little bit everywhere throughout the field to even benefit. And can you imagine Amari Cooper going against Houston? I mean – <laughs> love him, love him. Someone who hasn't found the end zone uh, in a while is also going to be a benefactor of this one. Looking at like a DFS make Watson look a little bit better or make him look like he's a little further along than what he'll actually be, as well as the opponent. Agreed. Yeah. Um, as far as Houston, obviously, I don't see anyone of value. I think honestly, if I was to pick on somebody, and this is somebody who's been in the fantasy doghouse for a couple weeks, Damian Pierce. At some point, this offense is going to have to get the ball rolling, and they're going to have to commit to getting this guy at least 20 to 25 touches, and he only needs a little bit of daylight. And I think he – I'm not saying that somebody you should put a lot of stock in, but if you need somebody that's a solid flex play or something like that, I mean, he could be a DFS play uh, as well too. I think he'll likely score with as much value he's going to need for this team to be successful. The New York Giants are going to be going up against the Minnesota Vikings. This is a 44 and a half point over under and New York is getting three points in this one. I'm kind of feeling like New York is New York is going to put up points, but I think Minnesota is going to pull out the game. I do like Garrett Wilson in this one. I like Mike White in this one. I'm torn with the matchup with Sauce Gardner and Jefferson. I think Jefferson is going to get his, but at the same time, it won't be to the magnitude that we're used to for certain. But at some point in the game, whether it be early or late, he's going to kind of teach the young pup uh, one of his tricks that he's learned along the way. 
I'm not sure how I feel about Dalvin Cook in this one. He's the one that I'm kind of torn about. I, I don't want to mess around with the Jets' backfield much at all. To your point, I think this is going to be a phenomenal matchup for White. I have some reservations, but the one person I think uh, is the elephant in the room is Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is in a, a good spot to really kind of eclipse himself even further. I don't know what happened with Elijah Moore, and I'm surprised he didn't get traded at the trade deadline, but it seems just like Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson and now Cockley. Cockley's been involved the last two games. Definitely. Uh, that's a DFS play within himself. Cockley is, when he starts, he's on the field over 90% as far as the snap count. So I think he's going to be a solid DFS play going into this weekend. The commanders are going to be going up against the Giants. This is a divisional matchup where there is a 40 and a half point over under. The Giants are getting two and a half points. This is going to kind of be a Giants getting back on track or the commanders kind of taking over the position within the division that the Giants once had. Um, So it'll be interesting. The Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles will still be the top dogs in the division right now. But as it looks, it's a possibility that three teams in that division can mess around and get into the playoffs. So as far as this week is concerned, I, I, I temper my expectations on Saquon Barkley. The one thing that the Giants, I mean, that the commanders do have as far as defense is concerned is that line that is pretty substantial there. I love the connection between Heineke and Scary Terry. I don't know what New York is going to do as far as the pass game is concerned. Slayton is really pretty much all they have right now. So I guess, you know, out of necessity, Slayton may be one of those guys I'll look at in DFS. You know he won't give you less than what you're paying for because he's pretty much a necessity. They're going to have to force feed him the ball out of of all the targets that they have out there right now. No, I definitely agree with your analysis, man. That was spot on. And then, too, of all the things, you know, Redskins being impenetrable, they're likely to have Chase Young back finally from – his ACL tear. Oh, didn't know that. And that defensive line was already scary without him. He was limited uh, today uh, in practice. And I think, you know, we'll know by Friday or actually Saturday, as early as Saturday, what's his status. Getting him is what they really needed to get going. And to your point with the Giants, you only really have Slayton who's balling right now. We got to, I'll put him in wide receiver two territory. But like you said, it was just sheer value. And, Hudson, you know, with no Bellinger and Hudson in the fold, and then you got uh, Richie James. None of these names speak anything to you. You don't really care about And like you said, with Barkley, it's one of those things where because it's nobody there, it's hard for him to get daylight. You know what I mean? If we know him, he can take a reception. He can take anything to the house. But I think the Redskins hold him in check. Tennessee is going up against Philly. This is a 44.5 point over under. And Tennessee is getting 5.5 points. Who you starting? Who you sitting? And what's your DFS play in this one? Man, it was just a few weeks ago. We was just I was just praising the Eagles, thinking, "Oh my God, they got the craziest, nastiest defense." And then they've been shit in bed, for lack of a better word. But you know what though? Jordan Davis means more than that defensive line than he should this young in his career. But you see the stark difference between when he was in there and now that he's been out. Exactly. You, and then they also just lost – they lost a cornerback. Um, the guy that they got from the – <laughs> He's out. I mean, I, I'm not sure for how long, but he's hurt right now. Oh, yeah. For so many reasons. They invested so much money into the defensive line with Sweat, uh, Brandon Graham. They got the guy from the Bears, uh, Robert Quinn. They right. also have 
Hassan Reddick, you know, they got who else they got? They got the guy, uh, what's the guy that used to play for the Lions? God, that boy was he was oh, how can I forget Dominica Sue? And then they just got uh, right. Lind- Lindell Joseph. It's like, right. what you right. can do if you wasn't ready to play football and now you're going against Derrick Henry? Oh, yeah, uh, I don't, I'm really not afraid of this off this defense. They got to show something. And their nickel corner and, and Johnson really held up the fort. Burks, too, man. Burks is a great play. And I think on the other side of it, fire up all the Eagles. Quez Watkins, if anything happens to Smith, that was already hurts his guy already as far as the big play, the 50-yard bomb, you know, something to do something to the offense. And if you need a DFS play, if if anything happens to Smith, look at Pascal. Pascal is another guy that, get, that gets an increased amount of value in the game. But fire all the Eagles. So a guy that we just talked about a couple of minutes ago and a guy that you just brought up, if you're looking at, let's say, Traylon Burks mm-hmm. versus a Gabe Davis, so Buffalo going up against New England, Tennessee going up against Philly, who would you feel more comfortable with? Going back to the boomer bust like Vander was alluding to, you gotta kind of, you still got to take Gabe Davis regardless, boomer bust. What if Slate comes, comes to play today? What if Bradbury comes to play? You're right. Good question. So I'm like, I that's gotta, what I'm asking. That's, what, that's, that's what makes it a difficult decision. Even if I got the wrong person, I still got to throw it to Gabe off of value. We just he just has the floor. We know it's boom or bust, but if it's a good day, he might have two touchdowns, Gabe Davis. True, very true. And he hasn't had that week in the last couple of weeks, so he may be due. And unfortunately, it's against my team, so. Um, we'll see how that goes. Look, I'm a player. I'm in fantasy, so at least that way, if it happens, it ha- if it happens against my team, I have some consolating uh, factors there that at least kind of help me get through the night. You know, kind of console me a little bit. Just a few more matchups to go here. We have Seattle going up against Los Angeles. This is a 41 point over under. Los Angeles is getting seven and a half points with this one. I like all my Seattle guys, and I don't like anybody in Los Angeles. Um, Miami going up against San Fran. That's a 46 and a half point over under Miami getting four points. How are you feeling about this matchup? Because I, I love the Miami offense in a vacuum, but San Fran is the best defense out there. Is this the defense to kind of put Tua on tilt or do they keep trucking along as normal? I think honestly, believe it or not, I don't think 49ers can, can really do much. And it's not, it, the reality is, is that D'Amico Ryan's have been coaching out of his mind. He's but we have seen the team susceptible to having given up a lot of yards in some of these matches. They play fairly tough. But again, we talk about somebody in McDaniel's who already played them before and all was the Russian coordinator. And also, too, not just the Russian coordinator, but he really implemented a lot of what they did as far as the run game and strategically what they did in the passing game as well. That familiarity is going to play into this Sunday. And we've seen his offense is so broad. You can't lock in and, fig- and figure out one person. You have two people that's going to have double-digit targets between Waddle and Tyreek. Who's going to cover who? And then if you think you got somebody, they have Smythe. They have uh, Sheriff Phil. They have uh, – And you know, he has right. been stepping up lately. Like, like you're absolutely right. And then they also have Gasecki if you decide to lock down all the wide receivers. So, But I guess – I don't know, man. San Fran has just been finding a way. That's going to be a good game. I kind of actually want to watch that full game. I'm normally a red zone guy, but that's going to be a good game, man. Yeah, my own thing is with that matchup, you got to kind of look at it is McCaffrey, if no Elijah Moore. We got Debo and the men. And then it's like behind Debo is Ayuk, but Ayuk is a boomer bust. He needs those other pieces to be healthy to fully optimize his potential. He's cashed in 
when all those people are on the field, what is he going to do when he's the only guy possibly on the offense? Whenever Debo is hurt, Kittle goes off. So if Debo right. is less than 100% or doesn't go, definitely look for Kittle regardless of price as far as DFS is concerned. You got Kansas City going up against Cincinnati. This is a 52.5 point over under. I believe that's the highest over under of the week since he is getting two and a half points. Who do you like here? Man, uh, keeping it simple, I think you know Higgins and Chase is going to be obvious. Joe Mixon is back. You got to go all Bengals. The only thing is Tyreek is Tyler Boyd because we've seen games in which it seems like when the, if he's fit, you know, if he's focused on early on the game, he's going to have a complete full game. We can't assimilate that in fantasy to know how he projects. But we know Higgins is a dog. We know Chase is a dog. We know Mixon is a dog. So I think on that side of the field, we know what we're going to get. At the same time, too, I kind of would be edged on Burrow only because Kansas City, for whatever reason, seems to know how to apply pressure to these quarterbacks and disrupt people. They're really uh, tops in as far as defense on third down. I think that really is going to speak to that matchup. On the other side, Pacheco. I think Pacheco is – he got so – he's been having uh, – you know, double-digit touches for such a long time. I think he closed out the last game with 22 carries in the last matchup. He's just – he's getting – he's coming along, and Andy Reid is going to give him every opportunity to work on his, all his skill sets because he's a very fast player. He can take it to the house from anywhere. This kid running like a 4-3-4 or 4-3-8 uh, in the combine. So that he's having these short slumps now, but let him put it together. Fierce. Fierce so I got you this. You got Hurst here, right? Mm-hmm. At tight end. How do we feel about Hurst? Then let's say let's compare him to the tight end that we talked about a little bit earlier, as far as Chicago was concerned. Cole Komet. Who do you think will be the better option? Oh man, I think you got to follow the points, and I think in a game like the environment like this, with the fifty-two uh, and a half points in this, <laughs> you got to go with Hurst because we've seen it in just a few games ago where he was the guy dipping dunk. That was all Burrow was going to to move the ball down the field was hers. I think game script, he just provides the highest upside because we know the quarterback. With Chicago, even if Phil's return, Phil's is tied to his legs. If he's any, if he's not himself, they know to take the tight end away. We got the Chargers going up against the Raiders. This is a 50 and a half point over under. I love Adams. I love Jacobs. I'm torn between Palmer and DeAndre Carter because for a minute there, it looked like Palmer was the, you know, the most definitive substitute while, while while Williams was out. But now it looks like he and DeAndre Carter are kind of splitting it. How do you feel about this matchup? And I, and I do love uh, Everett as well. Yeah, so um, luckily Josh Palmer was somebody I got to cover when we were doing a rookie segment a few years ago. He's Mike Williams. He's in that X receiver role. So as long as Mike Williams isn't in play, you have to go to him. He's playing at a just to that the position and what he's asked to do. He's playing just like how we would expect Mike Williams when healthy. So he's de facto Keenan Palmer, and then they're going to they're giving it to Eckler. Eckler had a, a ridiculous amount of catches. Catch. Eckler had the highest actual target share, which also makes me a little bit more leery of the Palmer and DeAndre Carter situation because their number one target for pass catching is actually the running back. Yeah, but what Keenan Allen only played, I think uh, his first game back, he played less than, he played up to 64%. And then last week, we really didn't see him for two quarters of the game. And he was kind of minimized. I'm not worried about either Eckler or Josh. 
like I said, he's playing the X receiver role with a huge focus. As Keenan comes back into form, people are going to begin to start rolling, you know, coverage to cover Keenan because Keenan still balled at the beginning of those games. He had three catches and not even a quarter and a half. It was really quick, boom, boom, boom. And I think if when he comes into play, you got to really, you got to give it to him and you got to, you know, pick your poison. Because to your point, Garrett Everett, Everett is on the field. And again, Herbert loves to target his tight end. Again, 24% utilization to the tight end. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you have a Palmer versus a Gabe Davis, who do you go with? Oh, man. Um, in this matchup, because this, this is to me another shootout scenario, I'm going to go to Josh Palmer. I think it's not boom or bust with Josh Palmer because we know the volume that's expected out of the X receiver. We've seen what Mike Williams done. And uh, similar to comp- comparability when we was talking about this uh, during the show, as far as the draft, I kind of compared him to Mike Williams and that that was his clone uh, in a sense. Josh is, I think, I, I think his floor is a lot higher than Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis could easily have 20 fantasy points because he's going to probably get two touchdowns if he goes off. We're asking somebody to go off that as opposed to a floor that we already know. So let's say if we're talking about one are the other depending upon league or do you see them both kind of different like if you're looking at a full ppr versus a standard does your opinion differ at all by league type or is it kind of pretty much the same across the board like that you said that i think with davis you got if it's, it's standard i'm going gabe davis i'm gonna take that upside if i'm going with something like ppr i'm gonna take palmer because i figure he's gonna have five to six catches uh, off the rip Indy's going to be going up against Dallas. This is a 43 and a half point over under and Indy is getting an 11 points. That's definitely the highest of the week and by a good little margin there. So Vegas is expecting this to get out of hand and they're expecting Dallas to kind of do what they did to Minnesota. Does that hold well for anyone on the Indy side at all? Glad you want to focus on the Indy side. As good as these receivers are, honestly, I don't even know, bro. Honestly, I would fade Indy's players, even Jonathan Taylor, because Jonathan Taylor, he's a he's a person that you got to give him 20 to 25 touches just to get him going. And I, I think, like you said, they're going to put him away. They're going to sack Ryan at least four or five times, four to half at least. Okay, so let me ask you this. You have the option of Jonathan Taylor going up against Dallas or Miles Sanders going up against Tennessee, who right now is ranked as the 30th run defense. So who would you go with there? I know you said fade. How far back are we fading? Well, definitely, if I had to say how far back, I would fade him as far back as maybe if David Montgomery is a go this week. I would go as far as back. Because the thing is with John, like we got to think uh Jonathan Taylor, he's he he got a touchdown. Let's 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 give him his props right. on that. Absolutely. It could it should have got another one. Um dropped the that I don't know they misjudged the snap or something on the one yard line. He should have had another touchdown actually. Mm-hmm. But to the point of your comparison, I think this is a, a mini a Minnesota Dallas matchup. Matt Ryan's gonna be sacked a bit. And I think, you know, opportunistic defense like Dallas won't take much. You know, this defense takes a lot of chances, but when they get a ball going, they get the, the you know, the forced fumbles and they get the interceptions. And I don't, I really just don't see anybody, you know, Pittman's good, but I think, you know, it's just the offense. Paris Campbell's been getting a lot of value, but I think, again, it's just the offense. And then with the tight ends, it's so boom or bust. You can't even trust any of the tight ends. Jelani had a good game, but then next week it might go back to Moelle again, or it might go to Grayson. So I would just fade the uh, the Indianapolis offense. 
And so what was your pick between JT and Sanders this week? I'm taking uh, Sanders. Sanders, been oh, he's been getting a, a good clip the last four games, especially he got two touchdowns last week. Last matchup, we have New Orleans going up against Tampa Bay. This is a 40-and-a-half point over-under, and New Orleans is getting three-and-a-half points. Tampa Bay has a problem. They already had a weekend offensive line, and now with Tristan Wirtz being out, I think they say three to four weeks minimally. They have a serious problem. <laughs> Tom Brady's not going to have very much time at all in the pocket. And for whatever reason, New Orleans is a team that he's kind of had his issues with in the past. So they still have their secondary, and New Orleans doesn't have much of a wide receiver core. It's pretty much Chris Olave. And um, well, right now, Landry is healthy, so he's out there. But how are we feeling about this matchup? Do we think that Godwin can kind of still have the day that he's had? I didn't hear anything about Lattimore being back yet, I don't believe, as far as the secondary for New Orleans. If it's a game that I don't like slow games, but if it's one I wanted to watch, it probably is this game. Looking at Tampa Bay, I think, yeah, they have all these things going on with the offensive line. But we see Brady was still having it with his quick releases, getting the ball out under less than two and a half seconds. That's huge. So we already know they're going to dip and dunk as much as they can. And then that just leans towards Rashard White. He had nine targets, nine receptions. He had a phenomenal game. I think that continues for him if Fournette isn't able to go. And to your point, I just think, you know, they're just going to move this ball methodically. New Orleans has been devastated by injury. The last game they played was a very strong outing from them. They're another person that got weapons. Chris Olave, you know, Landry looks a little bit healthier. Uh, they got Callaway, Traquan Smith, and then obviously Kamara that we spoke to. I don't think that means much, but I think that the game really sticks out. It's a slow burn. I, I would think Tampa pulls it out the end. As far as the DFS play coming out of here, honestly, I think Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to get right. Last week, he didn't really perform to what we used to seeing out of Mike Evans. I think this week they get right back, especially if it's no Lattimore. It's just bully ball. Brady and most of these great quarterbacks, they know when the best player is on the field or who wears the matchup, who's the pick on. The secondary is vulnerable for New Orleans. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Make sure you tune in on Sunday when we'll be giving you your start sit and DFS advice live for your individual teams. Again, that's on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. We out.